and we are live once again. Welcome everybody to Casual Cognition. You got your hosts here, myself, Mr. Nathan Sweet, and my co-host, Mr. Henrik Svensson. Um, I apologize for the uh, slow schedule lately. I have been super busy at work. We're finishing up this big job, and I have just been having to work a lot extra and just absolutely exhausted at the end of the day, so I've been slacking. But it's been a bit crazy for for both of us. I think the last yes, the last Hank weeks. has been moving. <laughs> Hank has been moving into a new home, so it's been a it's been a wacky period. But um, things are slowing down now, so we're gonna get back to our regular regular schedule. Um, and today we're just gonna have a good old Hank and Nate winging it chat. <laughs> um, it's come to be a up. staple of this this show. <laughs> They're some of my favorite, dude. I think they turned out some some of the best episodes. Um, it is hard to remember what the fuck we talked about whenever I try to write the description later. Right. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, we got a few items on the docket today, but I uh, I figured we'd start off with just a couple little little personal personal items you just said something funny to me that i wanted to ask you about because you said that you the whole your whole life you've been living with blackout shades now i've known you at this point for over a decade and you can sleep like very few people i've ever seen (laughs) i think the only other person i've seen sleep more than you is um I forget his last name, but his name was Marshall. I think you, I think you knew him. Oh from, yeah, uh, from high school. Whoa, <laughs> that motherfucker could sleep like like sixteen hours a day, and he, yeah, I, I remember staying the night at his house a few times, <clears throat> and he had blackout shades to a whole nother level, to where, like, if you turned all the, off the lights, the only light in the room was like the very faint little shimmer that came around these huge, like he like had blackout shades, and then he put a blanket over it to make it even darker. Yeah. So it'd be like noon, and it would just be pitch black in his room. And yeah. it, it, I remember I had that same phenomenon, too, of like, man, it's it just like, I'll wake up, and I'll be so freaking tired because it's still black in the room, and I'll think it's nighttime, and I'll look at my phone, and it's like 11. Yeah, didn't even stay up that late. And I've got this, this I've always had, like, big like maybe not big windows but at least like bright windows in the room and as soon as the sun comes up there's like a direct sunbeam that goes right into my eyes and (laughs) that'll wake you up dude well i mean it's also i've i've been working jobs for my whole adult life that i've had to wake up at a if not really early sometimes at like 4 35 a.m um but you know these days more like you know seven or eight a more reasonable time but still you know in the morning yeah i've never really had a job that i could just just like sleep in all the time Hmm. so you know my your sleep schedule always blew my mind and and whenever you said you've always had blackout shades that makes a lot of sense yeah i mean i guess there have been periods where i haven't had it but I think here it's the combination, and I actually have them here, but I intentionally don't put them down. And with this east-facing window, it just, 
I'd feel so awake in the morning. I've never felt that in my <laughs> life. I've always felt this super tremendous sleep inertia of just like mm-hmm. grrr, just zombie in the morning and really so my life is totally changed dude i've been waking up at 6 30 every day <laughs> and i'm just like boom ready to rock and otherwise i'd easily sleep until 10 see i've been i was wondering if you may have like a sleep disorder like i have because it doesn't really matter how much or how little I sleep. Like I always have that kind of like sleep inertia and I think mm. I've just gotten used to it over the years Yeah. where, you know, I know I'm going to not want to get out of bed, but as soon as I get out of bed, uh, maybe not as soon, but you know, if I get up and stand up or even go just sit on the toilet for like 10, 15 minutes, I'll be good to go. Like I won't want to go back to bed. Right. But it's really hard to make that initial shift. Um, but yeah, it sounds like, uh, sounds like, you might just have a, a little sunshine issue. Yeah, and also, I mean, I was plagued with a snooze issue for a long, long time, and I think oh, you use an alarm. Yeah, yeah, and I think those those are related. But I have, you still use an alarm? Yeah, for sure. I haven't used an alarm in years. Man, if I'll wake up exactly when I plan on waking up. Yeah, usually I've, about a half an hour to an hour before. Yeah, that's, I mean, I do kind of wake up before usually, but I just have it as a, as a backup because, yeah. uh, yeah, if I'm, if I'm late, you know, if you're, if you're like starting at a new place and you're late that's once, yeah. then you're like the guy that was late. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw one that. of the other dudes that that's exactly what happened to him. Like he just, he showed up late one day and then now he's just that guy to the you know the main uh, to the crew man, like well i guess the manager right because she's oh, yeah. the one who's keeping track of like when people are coming in and who's doing what and all that kind of stuff yeah i haven't actually had to deal with that issue for a long time either because it's a it's the classic uh Chappelle show joke like bitch i am the manager who are you gonna who are you gonna talk to that's that's me i'm the boss but i hate it i hate it i mean that's the thing is that like if I show up late, what happens is like the job will stop, you know. And I have a lot of days when you know I can I can kind of slow start it, slow roll it, where you know I can get things rolling through a phone call or something like that, tell somebody what to do to get started, and I can get in there at like nine thirty and you know um, kind of slow roll the day. But a lot of times it'll be like the like the work won't start until I go in and do something or tell somebody what to do and how to do it. Mm. So it, it's, it's one of those things of like nobody, I mean, my, my dad will sometimes, but usually he's working on something else. Like we work parallel to each other. So neither of us is like supervising what the other one is doing. Right. And it's, it's like, it's one of those double edged sword things of like, I almost wish there was somebody to tell me <laughs> like, <laughs> what to do more because I have a hard time motivating myself to do certain things. It's definitely easier so. to be the, the grunt, uh, at least mentally. <laughs> yeah. The whole concept of like the, the ultimate work life being to be your own boss is just kind of a, a misnomer. I mean, yeah, it's only, like a, it's only for some people, you know, you gotta have the yeah, right some temperament. Some people can do that. I can't. I, I shouldn't say I can't. I can. I just don't really like it. Or I should. Maybe I should say I. It's not the 
the um, the best way for me to be an efficient, productive worker. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's fine, right? <laughs> like, yeah, and it's good. It's good to know that too. Those those things about ourselves, right? Like, well, I think a lot of people bullshitted themselves into thinking they could be their own boss, and then they quit their jobs and go start doing something, and then it just implodes because it's actually a lot more difficult and comes with a lot more unintended consequences than people expect. Oh, it's super challenging, man. It's it's uh can be can be pretty chaotic yeah yeah but i'm glad that you're uh that you're getting up in the morning it's a pretty it's a pretty magical place especially if like you said if you're getting up at like 6 a.m and there's not a lot of people awake there's a cool feeling to it mm, yeah um, I, mean, I love whenever like whenever i do have to get up earlier or whenever I just decide to, if I go to bed early the night before or something like that, and I'm up at like 6 a.m., um, like walking the dog in the, dogs in the morning is just like awesome. It's my favorite time to walk the dog super early in the morning because there's nobody else around. I feel like mm. I've got the whole place to myself. Yeah. Ooh, that reminds me of something I want to bring up in a minute. <clears throat> okay, okay. Actually, I suppose I could just bring it up now, but. I don't know if you had one some something else you wanted to say. I guess well, I mean I is a total I don't total feel, shift. I don't feel total big left turn. Super strongly about this, but I've I've felt that same thing at night, like really Oh. I mean it's technically morning, but you know at like at like one or two AM or yeah, something. Or like that. even and it depends on the time of year and, and everything like that, but like dude, three AM on a wintry Scandinavian street street is just like there's nothing else that feels like that it's so dead quiet in the middle of the the city you know like it's just like it's uh it's interesting you know i i think that a lot of people don't enjoy that that feeling i think mm. that i really like the feeling of like solitude and loneliness like that but a lot of people find that to be kind of creepy <laughs> I'm a fan. It's pretty fan. it's pretty nice. Like and I think yeah, one time I was just longboarding in and I had the whole road to myself. I was just longboarding in the road and there's just like nobody. Yeah, it's completely <laughs> dark and silent and no people at all. Not not even like wind or it was just you could just hear the the sound of the wheels on the asphalt and the biting wind as oh man it's a uh, i guess it's not wind but just the air when you're yeah. when you're going the air resistance <laughs> it feels feels like biting wind but anyways let's hear your left left field bro <laughs> well this is this is funny because what we're talking about here um, I've been getting into this new, you know, I, I love getting into random little lore circles and, and different uh, fictional communities and stuff. And I found one that was really, really cool. Actually, I was shown it by the, uh, the DTFH community. In one of the family gatherings, they, they watched this, uh, this video. Have you ever heard of the back rooms? No. So I'd never heard of this either. And 
this guy made this video and it went like mega viral. Like, I think it was something like 50 million views or something like that. Something crazy. And it's, um, it's, it's a concept around this idea of liminal spaces. Have you ever heard of that? It sounds vaguely familiar. It's really hard to describe. And it's almost like, at first I thought it was kind of a bad description, but I get it. A liminal space is essentially like a transitional phase or a transitional space. So mm. like a hallway is a liminal space. Mm. But you could also consider like moving to be a liminal period. Right. It's a transition between two different separate spaces or Or the uh, interface periods. between the troposphere and the ionosphere, dude. <clears throat> Yes, there you go. I just there made you go. that's probably. I'm almost certain that's wrong. So <laughs> don't. Well, don't or maybe quote me you, on that. maybe a, another weird example would be, um, you know, that that strange spot that's uh, where um, these. You, you, I think they usually see them like underwater caves where there's like brackish water and actual salt water, mm. and but it's really still and there's like it looks like it's a surface mm, mm, like the yeah, surface yeah. of the water but it's just more water above and below they're just of different densities so mm. it's it's a it's a transitional space but the back rooms is an is a sort of version of transitional space horror liminal space horror interesting and and the idea it was it, the it, it it's kind of like scp where it's gone because it's gone viral, like people have made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different um, what they call levels, which is kind of the same sort of thing. If you if if you people know what SCP is, Hank and I both enjoy that. <clears throat> Another really cool type of thing, horror concept. Um, but whereas that's dealing with like specific anomalous entities and or objects this is dealing with anomalous like spaces and or dimensions hmm. and uh the original one is just this this like endless um like office hallway like an old office hallway but it's kind of like a labyrinth of hallways like it never really ends and there's no there's no real like point to it all and that's um, th there is monsters in there that people have added that's pretty cool, <clears throat> but the the core aspect of the horror is 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 just like an endless transitional space with no enter entrance or exit, and the only way to really get in there mm. is to like accidentally like shift dimensions. Mm -hmm. They call it no clipping, like in a video game. Oh shit! It's basically so, purgatory or. Yeah, it is kind of like a purgatory kind of thing. Yeah. So you accidentally enter this dimension of hallways, of endless hallways, and you just wander there forever, basically. In limbo. In limbo. And the, the, all wow. the different levels have different designs, but it's a super cool concept. And it made me think, it, what made me think of this was whenever I was... Uh, whenever I am going out like really early in the morning like that, that's kind of how it feels or really late at night like that. Like if you're walking down a road that's like a highway that normally is a busy highway and there's just no cars anywhere and nobody on the street, it feels you get that eerie like lonely emptiness feeling. Hmm. And 
a road is another example of what you can consider to be like a transitional space. And if it's empty and there's nothing going on there, that kind of gives it this little bit of a horror. Aha, okay, okay. I see the, I see the connection. It's, it's really hard to describe it, but I'm going to send you a video and I'll link it in, in the description of the, of the cast. And it is so cool. I've been, I've been really enjoying uh, checking out people's stuff. They've made some incredible like CGI videos of this. Of somebody like walking around with a camera and, and exploring the space, and it's it it really does give you a, an unusual, kind of unique, creepy feeling. Hmm, that sounds interesting. I'm, I'm yeah, you've piqued my interest. Yeah, yeah. I I I almost felt a little uh, I almost felt a little uh cliche bringing it up but uh, everybody i've asked like a few people few of my friends about it and no nobody's heard of it you know it's like seems like everybody's fucking seen this video millions upon millions of people i can't find anybody who's actually seen it or heard of it hmm. but um so yeah i've been i've been spreading the word to to people like you who enjoy that sort of thing yeah, dude, I I gotta I can't get enough of that cosmic horror, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Lovecraftian kind of vibe is is really special. What is it about about us? Not us as in you and me, but humans in general that deride pre- pleasure out of being afraid, being scared. I think part of it is i mean you get you get just flooded with uh sympathetic hormones basically like just adrenaline and um i'm sure various other a a cocktail of like fighter fight or flight chemicals and i think uh those can be pretty addicting uh especially if your life is very mundane <laughs> it's like well, a... that's interesting because i feel like <clears throat> excuse me me personally like i'm kind of stressed and you know on edge a lot especially whenever i'm working and i feel like i have a lot of that a lot of those kind of um, sympathetic nervous system things going off firing the fight or flight stuff going on a lot hmm. and it's um, it seems strange to me that I would crave more of that because I really well. That's the weird it. thing is it's it's definitely possible to get addicted to to stress, man. Like I'm pretty sure. Wouldn't I? Pretty sure. Right. I think both right. my parents, yeah, <laughs> like workaholic style are stuff. like addicted to stress. So that's been but pretty I hate the, I traumatizing. Hate the feeling but work. <laughs> what? Like, it's it's. I hate the feeling at work. Oh, I mean it. It doesn't feel good, dude. It doesn't feel good, but there's a there's like a sick, like masochistic, <laughs> uh, something complex. <laughs> and why why uh, why do why would I crave it from? Maybe um, this is another another thing that I I think might be a part of it. Because um, people, you know, they're not going to want to be chased by a monster but they have fun watching someone else in a fictional setting and getting into it to where to the point where they kind of trick themselves into thinking it's not a fictional setting. 
watching someone get chased by a monster. And it's the same sort of thing to me, maybe, <clears throat> just an idea, just a thought. Like, it's not fun to be out in a thunderstorm. Even if you are, even if you have like a raincoat, you know, you're in danger. But it's really enjoyable to be like under, like even like a lean-to or something, or in a tent, mm. let alone in, in a house when a thunderstorm is going on. And you can observe the thunder. It's in, in the lightning. It's still obviously you can't observe thunder, but you know what I mean. Um, it, you can you can sort of experience a thunderstorm that is still dangerous and can can still be scary, but from a position of safety. Yeah, and I, and I think it's 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 like more layers too. Like it's not just the the stress thing. I mean that's yeah, like one, one thing. thing, right? But because because me personally i don't even like i don't like horror movies at all like i i don't like getting like the jump scares and like the ridiculous gore and just disgusting and horrifying See, the things gore and like torture porn things i'm not into i do enjoy a good jump scare i can enjoy <laughs> a well done jump scare uh I, there's actually one I mean, the two that come to mind, and the first one was a horror movie when it came out, but by today's standards, it's more of like a psychological thriller, which is the classic uh, The Shining. I loved that. That was extremely good. And then the other act, like one that I would consider to be more like a horror movie, which I really enjoyed, was uh, The Witch. Did you see that? The Witch. Dude, yeah. you should check that out. You should definitely check that out, man. I'll check that out. That That's... Um, that I thought that was really well done. I'm I'm generally with you on the horror movies. I don't think that people. I don't. Think, I shouldn't say people. Just I just don't think horror that like a long form cinematic is the is the best um, medium for horror. Hmm. I think that short form stuff is a lot better for horror. Hmm. Um, especially if you want to do jump scares. If you if you have an hour and a half movie and you've got fifteen jump scares in it, it they kind of lose their pizzazz. Yeah, like you know it's coming. This is so interesting though, too, right? Because like, for example, with the Lovecraft stuff, it's not even like that you're getting scared necessarily. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's the implications. Yeah, it's like the because what he's writing about is ineffable right like it's completely mm -hmm. enigmatic and mind-boggling so it's but it's so much so so overwhelmingly complex that it just melts your mind basically right so like yeah that's the way that that's if you don't get <laughs> If you don't get consumed by monsters or whatever, like you're gonna just go insane because yeah, it's, that's, that's one of the best parts of it. Yeah, it's just the simple fact of like the mere perception. Yeah. of the monster. It's not that the monster is gonna kill you. Yeah. it's that you're gonna kill yourself. Yeah, because you you perceive this incomprehensible horror. That's a that's a fucking scary one. I I, I really like. Yeah, I, I mean the the. The slasher movies never really appealed to me too much. There was one that was really good, The Strangers. That one was a good slasher mm. film. But he, I don't even know if you'd call that a slasher film. Um, I don't think I've seen that. 
Wait, really? is that the one where they have the bags, the, bags yeah, like on the their head? Sap masks. Yeah, yeah. It's like a family of murderers, and they they like surround a house. It's that's a fucking good one. Oh god, that one that one's really really scary. <laughs> but um, yeah, most of the time, like, you know, something like like the the ring or the grudge, one of those. Those are uh, those those can be okay, but they're not all that great. Paranormal Activity was good once, and then they made like thirty of them. Um, you know, I, I always enjoy whenever people can make unique takes on horror. Besides, mm. there's a scary monster coming after you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, I see you got like a you got like a weird like smudge or something on your arm dude <laughs> uh nice segue <laughs> hank's talking about my new ink here just got a new tattoo oh yeah Wait, let me see if i can i'll just bring the camera over here there we go there we go if it can focus in turned out really cool for those just listening it is the uh the ohm symbol but it is, uh, it, it's stylized as if it, if it's like painted on by a brush. And uh, yeah, my guy did a great job. I really, I really enjoy getting tattoos, and um, I did want to uh, talk to Hank about this. That's why he's bringing this up. Um, first of all, before I get into my stuff. You don't have any tattoos, do you? No, I do not. Is there a reason for that? Uh, not not particularly. I've uh, I've da- I've dabbled with the the thought before, and I have a couple ideas, but I just haven't um, I haven't felt the overwhelming desire to do it, so I haven't done it yet. But I'm definitely open to to the idea. Well, since we're talking about stuff that can be addicting, like stress, tattoos can be very addicting. Yeah, and th- and that's part of it actually too. That's that's been one of the You're main the main things. I'm just like, oh, I know if I get a tattoo, I'm gonna want to get a bunch, and it's uh, well, yeah. Unless you have a shitload of cash. You're gonna be um, you're gonna be limited by how much you can actually pay for. Mm. Good tattoos are expensive. This one was like two hundred bucks almost, um, and this is it's not super like intricate and fancy and big. Um, I mean, all my tattoos have probably been, and I always tip my guys good, so they they try extra hard and do 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 a good job for me, but. Um, I'd say all of them are between, you know, two and four hundred dollars. Yeah. And you can usually get something like a hundred bucks, but they're just expensive, you know. Get a whole fucking sleeve, it's like you know, three or four grand. Hmm. So uh you, you mentioned earlier that that you uh you got a tattoo and mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious because one of the things that I've always found very interesting with tattoos. And I didn't know about it for a long time, but there's this maybe subculture within 
the tattoo community that is like it's like therapeutic and oh i know what you're talking about and this I, is one of the things i wanted to get to yeah like because I, f- I feel like a lot of times it can kind of end up as a as like a therapy session and i i knew this dude i swear to you <laughs> this is so funny i i, I know a witch who i know a couple of them too who uh, they're not that uncommon these days people are into it yeah she was doing like stick and poke tattoos in a mm-hmm. in like a yurt and she would do base it's basically i mean she would do these like ceremonies and hold yeah, yeah. therapy sessions with people that's cool and it was like oh man i i thought that was actually really cool what she was doing she was very um you know she wasn't like just crazy <laughs> like she was very grounded and and she did a good job you know and uh there's an interesting interesting take on on the art form right because then it's more than just like being really technically proficient but it's more about like holding space for the person who's getting a tattoo yeah dude there so there's there's a lot that goes into this and that's actually not even what i was gonna say that's a really cool concept of like you know doing the therapy session while you're giving somebody a tattoo right because a lot of the time it's like something that happened in their past or it's part of their Mm -hmm. identity or it's someone they love or someone they lost and like you know that can be a so really powerful uh healing experience here's one that um my girlfriend actually kind of explained to me but i i was kind of um getting on to it I was I was on the track and then I was asking her about it and she was like, "Yeah, for sure." <clears throat> so I think that for a lot of people who get tattoos regularly, it can be the same sort of thing that certain like self-harming things will do. Hmm. Because if you think about it, I don't know if you know much about this kind of stuff and it comes in all kinds of different shapes and sizes forms um i do certain little little things um out of just like anxiety and and depression like um you know chewing the the sides of my fingers Mm. or plucking out hairs on my face or my nose Mm. something like that um and the the best explanation that that most people have for this is it's not um people have a very skewed view of what that is doing and why people do it they think of i think that a lot of people who've never known somebody in these sorts of situations even though you probably do and you just don't know that they know about it um because you know as i was just saying they, they can be minor little things but you're basically just causing like small bits of pain to yourself in order for your body to respond with like an endorphin response Mm. So it, the idea isn't that, oh, I hate myself, so I have to hurt myself. It's not like punching yourself in the face or something like that. You're, you're like eliciting a chemical response from your body. Hmm. And one thing 
that you'll notice if you get a tattoo is they hurt like shit. After the tattoo, you feel like a million bucks. Mm. I mean, you just feel like super relaxed. I felt so good yesterday. And I've noticed that pretty much every time I get a tattoo, you know, um, it's, it's, uh, it's painful during, but I enjoy it and I'm excited about it. And, you know, um, my, my tattoo guy is really cool. I enjoy talking to him. And then afterwards I like physically feel really good and really relaxed. Hmm. Interesting. So that makes me wonder about like with the therapy session, you know, kind of like with like MDMA therapy where it's like, they're just adding a certain, you know, adding something into the stew, but just doing normal psychotherapy. So if you add that sort of like pain response endorphin rush while you're doing this sort of thing, I wonder if it sort of ups the efficacy. I bet you it can. I mean, it definitely depends on how it's done uh, and the person. But, um, yeah, we're less than a minute until it's shutting down. I guess they changed their rules, and now Uh we only get 40 minutes. Uh Uh-oh. So we just – that, I think, was kind of the end of the 40 minutes. So I think we might have to (laughs) – Oh, no. Oh, hold on, folks. What what were we talking about before, though? I feel like we were we were in the um, middle of we, we were talking, talking about, about tattoos. tattoos and yeah and um, the whole oh yeah the the therapy thing yeah oh like, yeah and the, the efficacy of the the ceremonial intervention yeah it seems like it would it would help I don't know I. It's just, that's just knee jerk reaction. Yeah, but it depends cause... totally on the people, dude. Because if it's not a if it's not an open person, then they're just yeah. gonna be like, "This is fucking stupid. This is they need to bullshit. have openness to experience." Well, I mean, I shouldn't say they will certainly do that, but they'll be more predisposed to just like kind of discard the whole thing. Well, I will say that somebody who's willing to go through a therapy session while they're getting a tattoo is probably going to register pretty high in openness already. Yeah, definitely. People people interested in getting tattoos in general, I think, are are skewed in that in that direction. Yeah, for sure. It's a it's it's a nice it's this really intelligent niche, you know. That's what. uh, Yes, takes a lot of know how. To do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, and she and also she does stick and poke. Like, yeah, fucking, I've never had a stick and poke one, but she, she was also like going out into the forest and gathering various different herbs and like making tinctures Wild. with them and like administering specific tinctures to different people based on the situation <laughs> and like what they're talking about and what ails yeah, guess- them. I guess if you're walking into a swamp witch's yurt, you should pro- you probably uh, you're probably a uh, more open person to begin yeah. with. Yeah, well. but but it wasn't the, it wasn't very swampy where where we are there, so it's more of just like a more of a forest gotcha. nymph kind of. Yeah, are there swamps up there? <laughs> oh yeah, there there are swamps for sure, but it's more like foresty. I think from what I've seen, it's more swampy down here in Denmark. 
it's like oh, a yeah. lot of swamps and and they've also just decimated the the wildlife with uh, like agriculture over the last mm, couple hundred years that's a bummer so it's a bit of a bummer but but uh in sweden there's a lot of forest and definitely swamps as well but yeah she i wouldn't say that she was like a swamp witch you know because then it's then you have a bit of more of a connotation of like black magic and (laughs) voodoo and shit like that and she might have had a toe in that world but like it wasn't her main main thing that's another interesting thing why do you think that is i guess because like the the new orleans vibe or something but I found so. Did I tell you about my uh, my little camping trip the other day? The the one the other day? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I went out camping last weekend with uh, mm. with Bo and Patrick. Yeah, briefly. And um, you know, took took a you know not not a lot, but just a little bit of mushrooms out there. Brought the dog with us, and um, we camped out in this area. That's this really really cool spot that Bo and I have been camping at for quite a while. Um, not that many people know about it. It, It's like down this, like, you probably have to drive 10, 15 minutes down this dirt road off of the main highway, um, and it's towards the beach. So it's in between the main highway and the beach, and it's just north of this little um, coastal dune lake. I think I showed you a few of those, or at least I showed you pictures of them. Um, And there, it's, it's this beautiful, beautiful area to hang out in 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 the daytime and but whenever you're walking around at night it gets this very sinister vibe to it Mm. and one of the things that makes it a little sinister is that and i i showed the guys this um we ran out of firewood so i'm walking and bo's looking around he can't find any firewood and i'm like i'll go find some and I bring some back, and, and I didn't bring quite enough, or not nearly enough, back for the rest of the night. So we had to take a few more trips out. And I was like, all right, one of you guys come with me. And the other one, watch a dog, tend the fire. And marching out in that fucking swampland, you can walk out like 50 yards from the fire and just in, be lost. <laughs> like, it's so easy to get lost out there. Hmm. And because the the undergrowth is super dense, the forests grow, the trees grow really thick out there, mm. and it's just like all flat. And um, except for these little areas that kind of dip down, and usually those turn into these cypress swamps that you really don't want to fucking walk into. Mm. A because you might you might run into a gator. B because if you don't run into a gator, you're going to run into a snake, and if you don't run into a snake or a gator, you're going to run into a thousand bugs. But the bugs are really the the scary part out there that's what i was joking there were some tourists out there camping and they were like aren't you guys like worried about snakes walking around out there and i was like yeah, you don't really run into any snakes out there those are down in the water you just got to watch out for all the fucking bugs hmm. and patrick he ended up like he was wearing flip-flops first of all because he's a fucking beach bum he's <laughs> never got any shoes on so we're stomping out in the swamplands he's got flippies he's, on and he's got flip-flops on and, you know, one of the things I was saying, like, keep an eye out for it is these woods are just infested with carpenter ants. You ever seen a carpenter ant? Yeah. I actually posted on our Instagram a little video of uh, of me smacking a railing with a hammer and it comes scurrying out. Hmm. But, yeah, he fucking walks out there and he is, like, 
I don't, I don't know. I'm guessing there was a fallen log because carpenter ants eat these log, these trees out so much from the inside they just fall down. So there's a lot of these fallen trees around that are like mostly decayed from from just being completely like carpenter ants don't actually eat the wood. They just grab it with their jaws and then rip it out and bring it out to outside of the nest. Mm. So these trees end up like all splayed out and then they fall and the carpenter ants move to a different tree. So. I think that there was there's like this leaf bed and there's probably one of these fallen trees below that had a carpenter ant nest in it. So as I walk through it, I probably stirred him up. And Patrick looks down and he's like, "Ooh, there's a lot of bugs in here." And he sees one of these ants crawl up onto his toe and they bite him or it bites him um just to the right of his toenail, you know, where where the kind of skin and the nail meet. Oh. <laughs> and and these carpenter ants, they don't, like, sting like a fire ant does. They can, apparently, I found this out. This is really interesting, actually. They can apparently spray formic acid into the wound that they bite. But the main thing that they do is they bite you with these super strong fucking jowls they have. And Patrick got bit on the toe. And he's just like, ow! And he looks, you know, he, we get out of the nest area... He didn't have a bunch of them crawling on him. It was just the one. And he looks down, and his toe is, like, bleeding profusely. Like, bleeding bad. Wow. And so, you know, I'm I'm keeping an eye on it. And keep in mind, we're both on mushrooms, you know, wandering around in the swamp. And and so we we get up to a high spot where I don't see any bugs. And I was like, let me see it. And I I take a look at it, and it looks like he just, the, the ant just managed to get him in a really weird spot. And it didn't look too bad. So we keep on stomping around. And um, something similar actually happened with Bo. But as we're, we finally found some wood. And as we're starting to walk back, he's like, I don't think this is the right way, dude. You sure this is the right way back to camp? Oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, it's the right way. And and, and he was like, I don't think so, man. I don't think this is the right way. (laughs) (laughs) And sure enough. We fucking get back to back to camp in like you know a minute or two, and he was just like, "Dude, what the fuck? I got so turned around in there." And then Bo did the same thing, and I actually I doctored up his foot a little bit to wrap that up. I bust out the med kit and just cleaned it up a little bit, and it was okay. But nice. it blew my mind how much that little fucker could make it bleed. <laughs> but yeah, I it's walk out there with Bo. Same thing, you know. Maybe once again, we're probably a hundred, hundred fifty yards from campsite at most. And there's a fire going on back there. So, you know, you can, once you get, get back close enough, you can kind of see the light through the trees. And as we're walking back, Bo's just like, dude, this is not the way. <laughs> this is not the way back. And I was like, dude, if you guys walked out to this woods, you'd get lost in a fucking heartbeat. Yeah. Good thing they had you there. Shit, man. Oh, my God. That should be a disclaimer for anyone who uh, doesn't have strong, uh, like, spatial intelligence <laughs> I, i've definitely well, felt i've definitely felt that before man I, it reminds me vaguely of a of a trip to fossil creek which is this beautiful mm-hmm. oasis i love fossil creek like i don't know I, to get all the way there like to drive it probably took like an hour and a half from sedona yeah yeah and then you there's a bit of a hike out there but it's just beautiful and... We ride horses there from my mom's place in Payson. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. 
And uh, anyways, I was with some buddies and we were trying to find the fabled hot springs and none of us had ever been there before. Yeah. So we walked out and we just like ran into some super drunk dude who gave us directions and we 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 start walking and it's dark by the way like it's it's oh, nighttime really? <laughs> yeah it's it's nighttime and um that drunk dude was never heard from again never heard from again um <laughs> and you know we're, we're we're walking along and it it kind of goes along this like small small river for for a period of time but as we're walking down to get to the i mean it's yeah i guess it's a river it's almost a creek it's kind of like in between, but, um, and my buddy just steps, you know, him, Max, he, he steps, he, we're, we're stomping around and he literally steps in the middle of a coiled rattlesnake sitting oh. on, <laughs> on the road. And as oh, soon as no. he steps, you hear the rattle. <laughs> and he just jumps, you know, jumps away immediately. Ooh. And he's lucky it was a rattlesnake and not a viper, honestly. Dude, that I mean, for sure. And that he didn't step on it. Oh, okay. so he so he he didn't step directly on no, it. No, he was like, stepped like he stepped in the in middle of the it. middle oh of, of its <laughs> like coiled body, basically. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, that was lucky. Super lucky. And we were like, first of all, we were just thinking like, dude, that would be the worst possible thing that could happen on a trip oh. out here. Just it's so far from you. You probably have to get airlifted out of there, honestly. Like I don't know. I mean, depending on how bad it was. Yeah, rattlesnake bites usually aren't lethal, but they can be. And the thing is, is that that's the thing. Like, you're so fucking far away from anywhere. I mean, I don't know how far you guys were from your car, but we you would have probably far. had to find. You, you guys would have probably had to find. And, and unless you got airlifted out there, you probably would have had to find help to carry him back to the vehicle. Yeah, and the sketchy thing is. First of all, that's just an instant bad trip. And the sketchy thing is the thing... Oh, you guys were on drugs, too. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about this part. I didn't catch that. We were... We consumed medicinal mushrooms. <laughs> medicinal mushrooms. Oh, I got you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the... My favorite. But, so, yeah, that's just an instant bad trip. And the thing is, is you... The main thing that you need to do if you get fucking bit by a rattlesnake is you need to keep your heart rate down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ooh. So, like, that would just be so oh. sketchy. So, really... Yeah, you guys probably would have had to get airlifted, or he would have had to get Yeah, airlifted. I mean, it would have been completely fucked. But luckily, he he narrowly escapes, and we keep going. And, dude, I swear to God... It was a guardian angel looking out for you right? guys. That, that, that was crazy, man. And and then we were... So we were walking along this, this river here, uh, just in the moonlight, just walking and walking. And it gets to that point where it starts to feel like, okay, we've been walking for a while now. And it's getting, like, more thick, the, the like 
I mean, in in that area, it's like you kind of have these shrubby trees and like a little bit of undergrowth yeah. and stuff, and like it starts to get a little darker. And it it literally reminded me of the Hobbit when they wander <laughs> into I forget what it's called, but that like spider forest. And I like had a little bit of that feeling. It was it was nice because I wasn't actually scared, but I had a little bit of that feeling of like, dude. And we kind of like joked about it as we were as we were uh, traveling down, you know. And like it, it 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 did have a little bit of that creepy vibe. But long story short, that drunk guy, he just didn't mention that you have to cross the river like a hundred yards down the way so we just walked down for like a fucking mile or potentially more before we were just gave up and turned around <laughs> but did it was you ever t- make it to the hot springs i did another time we, we uh, didn't make it that time there. i've never been to that it's really I've interesting been to Creek a few times but i never went, went to the actual hot springs yeah it's like a half so usually have horses with me you know it's like a half developed like resort they, they they were gonna make you know like it's it's like a half built hot oh, they didn't, spring they, they like didn't finish it no they didn't fr- yeah it it got i don't know i don't know what happened but but they, i think they closed it down i know it's it's now you can't drive out there anymore really no you can't drive out to fossil creek anymore nope at least unless they unless they reopened it but yeah they closed it to to vehicle traffic because people just trash the place oh there's all those fuckers from phoenix just fucking that's what happened ruining it oh my god dude those they just they completely trashed the place so they closed it to vehicle traffic you're still you can still go there but you have to either hike or ride horses down i think you can get there and like i don't know i don't think it's all motor vehicle i think it's just cars i think you can still manage to get like a quad or a dirt bike or something down there but that's but, a long yeah. that's a long drive Dude, to get down there, man. On the on horseback, it's like a four or five hour ride just to get there. Like usually, yeah. you want to you want to camp there. Oh, it's got to be so nice there now without all those oh. fucking rats just Dude, it's dropping so trash everywhere. Yeah, the last time I went there, it was there was nobody there. Dude, that's been the main the main sh- thing that I despise about social media is like like that place got ruined because of social media. Yeah, you know what I mean. That was like it. a local mm-hmm. spot, and then yeah. some fucking influencer on Instagram took some pictures there, and then all of a sudden, there's fucking tens of thousands warmed. of goons from Phoenix just busting down in their F one fifties in California. Yeah, mostly Phoenicians. Yeah, Phoenicians, <laughs> <laughs> which is like. I, I, is that is that the actual word? Well, the funny. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I want to start calling them that. The That's funny awesome. thing is, is I feel like it's really ironic because Phoenician sounds like a very cultured. Uh, well, yeah, that was a civilization back. You know, it's <laughs> if, 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 if you, I'm, the only time I ever heard the word Phoenician is in like a you know in a conversation about ancient history or in Age of Empires one. <laughs> true. True. But I didn't know that that was the actual term for people from well, Phoenix. Well, the actual, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like a, I don't know, it depends on who you ask, right? But it's, it fits with the root, because it's all the same root stuff, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's, I really like that about like Greek and Latin, how you have all yeah. these 
Like if you know the root then and you know a couple different prefixes and suffixes, then you can say so many different words. Like it's really it's really cool that kind of like I know it's like that a lot with German too, where you have this like mix and match thing and you can just like stuff words together to make new words, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, well, is that a real word? And it's like, well, I just put these words together and like it makes sense. So yeah, it's real, it's real, right? Real enough. Now, here's, a, here's another left turn question for you. Why the fuck is English, I guess, I guess I could probably answer my own question with the historical thing. Why is English the, the world trade language? Probably because of the British Empire but it just seems like the worst language for just like it, you know like it blows my mind that two people who speak separate um, native languages they both learn English as a second language and then they speak English to each other I'm like that is that is impressive because English is a dumb language yeah but I mean dude so many languages have weird dumb dumb stuff in them and, and but I, english is almost like a feature not a bug i mean it's like half of the shit i mean yeah you know, but that's spanish, part of the charm dude spanish or latin or something like that it's like things make sense i think that's there part are... of the charm of english like i totally agree that it's a pain in the fucking ass especially if you're trying to learn how to spell it's just like just <laughs> yeah, give up <laughs> just, so just give up because <laughs> There's no hard rules like it's but I, I mean, I see that in, in Swedish too, like to much lesser degree. But there is always like, I don't know, I see that with a lot of different languages where there's always a little bit of like weird stuff to it. But I have to Germanic say Germanic languages, man. English is a Germanic language. It's just so stupid Germanic languages. Well, I don't know, man. I, I think <laughs> I think it's every every language is better at certain things and we're like yeah. worse at other things it's all it's all about like what do you optimize for and then what what do you like lose by optimizing for that and i think yeah. with That's english you still use latin for species categories because it is better yeah for, and for categorization of shitloads of things it's just like, like a standard you know it's a standard right and and yeah. i think the thing that's cool with english is i feel like it's it's kind of optimized for um like i feel like there's there's a lot of like subtle connotations and colors for different words that te that are synonyms like they technically mean the same thing but they all like you have a bunch you have many synonyms for one concept and they each have their own they have like hue. a little different flavor you know what like i mean two thing two things may mean the same thing but one has a positive connotation one has a negative connotation yeah you know like even something like um, somebody, oh dude, you're like a, oh dude, you're you're greedy. Let's say like the difference between someone who's greedy and a miser, like <laughs> you know what I mean, like or a hoarder, <laughs> yeah, or a hoarder, or a um, someone consumed by avarice, <laughs> avarice, right? Like that has like a. Oh, that gives me like an Aladdin <laughs> vibe. Yeah, that, that that dude owns at least a few ingots of precious metals. Right. Yeah, 
And I, I, I really appreciate that about English. And I think that's part of the reason why with like with pop culture stuff, um, the English kind of dominates with like music. And I mean, it's definitely hugely influenced by the U.S. as well. Just the fucking powerhouse. It's, it's weird how how much people consume um, American media over here. I feel like even more so in Sweden, they have like this weird fetish with the states, but they also, they also, it's like a love hate relationship, you know? Yeah, we're the coolest kids <laughs> in town, but everybody hates us. <laughs> America, I've always said America oh, dude, is you... not the greatest country in the world, but we are the coolest country. In the world. <laughs> dude. You gotta, you gotta tell, you gotta tell our friends about the most American thing ever that you saw when you were driving, driving around, uh, working the other day with the. Uh, <laughs> with oh, which the... one was it? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Did I text it to you? No, we were talking about it. Uh, it was just his. Uh, it had to do with his sound system. Oh yeah! So yeah, guys, now I remember is, that. This is I like never the seen this before. Most quintessential American, American. Thing ever, dude. You gotta, you gotta tell tell so the folks. So it's one of these. You could probably. I mean, it's because it's it's an American thing on top of an American thing. You know, it's like a fucking rack of ribs on top of an apple pie or something like that. So first of all, it's this giant lifted truck. You know, fucking. It's not a diesel, you know, it's probably, so the truck itself is not, like, giant, but it's lifted up super big, the wheels are farther out, huge rims on the wheels, it's probably, a, you know, an F-150 equivalent, um, and it's got, you know, LEDs and a nice paint job and, and all this all this shit on it, and, you know, mind you, it's a hot day, so they have the windows all the way up, the truck is enclosed, <laughs> and I realized, I was like, man, that dude's sound system must be so fucking loud because I can hear it clear as day. And I realize he has speakers on the outside of the truck that he is blaring, like, at max volume to everyone around him. And they're just sitting in, like, a traffic jam so everyone else can hear their music. Dude, what? And it's just like, <laughs> that, is, that is so quintessentially American right there. Dude. Like, my music is so great, I'm going to make you listen to it, like it or not, bitch. <laughs> Dude, what What were they What were they playing? Um, I think they were playing some kind of rap. I, did I say something that added to the story? I can't remember. I, I think they were I just playing some kind of like hip hop mm. um, type of thing. Okay. I would have expected either that or some new country. It was either going to be hip hop or new country. Mm. Yeah, it would have been funny if, if it was it like. I mean, I don't even like the you know you know I've I've already gotten over that my feelings on on a lot of modern rap. Yeah. And the whole, yeah, yeah. And modern country. We don't have to get into that. We don't have to. We don't have to go there we're having, today. We're having fun with <laughs> Yee trucks here. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's uh, yeah, that's just so over the top. It's. Pretty... I mean, maybe you could also say that even more, and because that that's that's like quintessentially American without being political. I did see, and I think I sent you a picture of this guy. I actually think I might have thrown it on Instagram. 
<laughs> this guy who had a uh, like a huge, huge RV, and you literally couldn't see what color the RV was because it was so covered in like Trump paraphernalia. <laughs> <laughs> just like classic. The whole thing, you know, fuck Joe Biden, Trump twenty twenty four, Hillary for jail, all this shit. <laughs> and it was just like it, it looked like a fucking tour bus. It was so big, and it was absolutely covered in this shit. Mm. That one is on the Instagram. I know that. Mm. That was a good one. But, yeah, I see that kind of shit. I mean, I live in North Florida, so it's it's a little bit cheating, you know? I mean, if you're going to see some wacky shit like that or that truck, it's going to be in the panhandle of Florida or, like, mm. Dallas, Texas or something like that. Mm. True, true. Maybe Atlanta. Florida, Florida man is is crazy. I hear people say that that little thing of like, oh, well, they're not actually all that crazy down there. It's just the way that crimes are reported and publicized and give people a bit. No, no. <laughs> Florida people are from another planet. <laughs> yeah, it does something. That that balmy weather <laughs> just does something to your your temperament and your constitution. Yeah. And the, we have we have a lot of unique breeds of crazy down here. The swamp people are a whole are a whole breed of crazy, and they're they're completely different than the Miami party people. Mm-hmm. The cocaine cowboys down there. <laughs> yeah, it's a. I've ne- I've never felt particularly drawn to Florida, but I'm I'm reading <laughs> this uh, I'm reading this book right now, which is amazing. By the way, I'm I'm only like fifty pages in, and I already love it so much. It's uh, John Steinbeck. The book's called Travels with Charlie, and it's just like literally him writing about uh, mobbing around in America um, with his dog, and it's just stream of consciousness type type stuff. And dude, he is so utterly brilliant. I I just read another one from him. Yeah, it's called The Moon Is Down, and it was about a like the nazi occupation of a small norwegian town Hmm. and it was like it was so good man i i'm really i I would definitely recommend checking out steinbeck also a couple years ago he i read his version of king arthur and it was really really Hmm. good too uh oh dude send me send me that so i don't forget yeah the pearl as well you gotta you should if there's one that I'm going to recommend, it's The Pearl for you. I mean, if I like his stuff, I'll get a bunch of his stuff. I, yeah. I'm always, I'm, I burn through books, dude. I love that. I love, I love like, finding somebody, some author that's just like, dude, this fucking person is so good. Mm-hmm. And then just going through a bunch of their work. It's uh, Yeah, I've been on a little bit of a Dan Carlin kick lately, so my... my book reading has slowed slowed down because i've been i've been listening to to his stuff and they're so long form you know it's almost like listening to a fucking book yeah <laughs> it's funny how many times we've we've plugged dan carlin on this on this well, show we, we have our favorites we've plugged a lot of people yeah you know, uh, quite for, a bit alan sure. watts yeah ekneth ishwaran although i don't i don't think you've actually managed to get around to reading him yet that's not uh, yet that's something you got to check out one of these days, but uh, definitely, yeah, we got our, we have our, we have our uh, preferred favorites in various fields. Um, 
what's his name? I'm blanking. War of Art guy. Um, Steven Pressfield. Steven Pressfield. Dude, he, did you read Gates of Fire? No, he, no. He, he that, wrote that. that. His, like, uh, it's the Battle of Thermopylae, dude. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like. Um, Isn't it kind of a historical fiction? Yeah, thing? historical fiction. I need to check it because I've dude. never read any of his fiction, and that dude, was his like so main good. thing. It's I've really never read good. any of his fiction, and I love Stephen Pressfield. So that's the only one I've read from him. But I really, really liked it. That's such an epic story, and he doesn't yeah. like overdo it as much as, uh, like it's more true to the actual story gotcha. uh, compared to the book or compared to the movie Three Hundred. Because like yeah, it was Three Hundred Spartans, <laughs> 300 but it was, was also like, like thousands of. Um, basically mercenaries and like and um battalion like just people from other uh, city states basically warding off the persian invasion at yeah, the 300 was meant to be stylized you know and, that, and it wasn't meant to be i, th- I thought accurate. that i i thought they did a really good job of that they really oh, captured the grit and grime of warfare and like the in the intensity of it i, I thought it was really well done yeah it's classic and that creepy hunchback dude oh yeah that was a good character little fucking couldn't uh, couldn't hold the spear straight grim dark quasimodo yeah he's almost he was pretty like golem like when i look back at Mm -hmm. it he definitely yeah i'm sure they took inspiration from (laughs) i was thinking about this the other day dude golem is one of the best characters ever (laughs) just great character just period right like it's it's just so it's it's so i feel like he uh tolkien really nailed like such a deep deeply essent essential aspect of that archetype you know what i mean like it's so deep into that particular archetype versus you know a lot of characters are kind of like a mix of a couple different ones but Mm -hmm. like Gollum is like the full obsession. On, yeah, <laughs> obsession made manifest. Yeah, yeah, and I, I actually, I think that he might be the first fictional character that really stuck out in my mind as a kid. Or maybe, maybe first is probably the wrong one. Wrong way is probably incorrect because I did read The Hobbit first, and I think Gandalf might have stuck out in my mind mm. before then. But Gollum really like it was, it was unsettling to me. Yeah, I liked it, but it was very unsettling to me whenever I first read. Um, I guess he he did show up in the Hobbit yeah. first. So, but Gandalf stuck stuck out to me first in that book. Mm-hmm. But that the passage where Bilbo is like doing the whole um, the riddles, the riddles with him, so good. Yeah, and it was like. It was really creepy and yeah. awesome to me. Super kid, immersive was... too. I I yeah, feel like I have like I a just like like a vision of that still yeah. embedded in my mind's eye. Yeah, I think that scene and then the the spider scene stuck out to me. Oh yeah, a ton. Yeah, oh, the spider man. scene is fucking creepy for sure. Do you remember when we in DMP when we <laughs> we made a. We made a spoof on on Lord of the Rings, but it was like Lord of the I don't know, it was something stupid, dude. But I remember, oh my god, I can't believe this, bro. <laughs> we 
we had like a, you did the Rob Schneider voice on it, dude. <laughs> and it was Martin. like, and it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, Rob Schneider. Schneider. Uh, and I just remember we did like a three, like a little montage where it was like, and then like a scene, and and ferguson's mom's vagina and ferguson ferguson was the teacher and then it's that scene of the of the spider like almost munching frodo's face off i do remember this now <laughs> i oh wish we had that God. video dude that I was so funny he got he got pretty i mean he got a little hey, butthurt about that i don't i don't think he did get i, I remember he he played it cool because he did, he did. i think it was more that he was always a little nervous about getting in trouble yeah yeah this guy for for the listeners was he played it fast and loose with teaching i mean not with teaching like being a teacher but with just like like the rules of what you would consider appropriate in school <laughs> i mean he would he would just say all sorts of yeah he would say things that i i'm not going to repeat on this podcast <laughs> yes he got fired i'm pretty sure he called and yeah. i can't believe he didn't get fired yeah. before he did he literally he got, got fired for calling days. a i think like a one like a special ed kid i think he called him an n-word oh no <laughs> And like somebody, and yeah, it was, I mean, you know, he was, he had a vibe, right? Like he was like just one of his, his vibe was just kind of being, um, one of the homies, you know? So like yeah. he would, it was a, it was like a, it was like a kid. It was very lighthearted, you know, like yeah. we, we would call him, we would call each other retards all the time. And like, yeah, it was very insensitive for sure. Uh, and it's like, you can't, you you don't do that anymore, right? This, but, well, this was this was before we decided that that was not a word that we should use in general. Yeah, um, and and it's uh, this was a like the time of the Hangover, you know. I mean that the the he was a retard joke in the Hangover was huge, you know. It was it it, it created like a national joke. Like at that point in time, people just didn't consider that word to be as as offensive as they do now. Yeah. And it's also not the same sort of thing as calling somebody the N-word, you know. For sure. I mean, he was white, but um, still. I, that's, that's egregious. <laughs> I mean, I heard him say a few things that I, I yeah, was just he like, said some. He said some. But I never yeah. heard him say something that bad. Yeah, I think that was. That's just stupid, though. He, yeah. I, I always just found it to be like, like, if you want to keep your job, sir, then you are an idiot. I don't think he I wanted think, that job, dude. I think. I, I think that he. I he was just trying to enjoy were, himself. I think that he had that his family is kind of independently wealthy. Mm, I'm be. pretty sure. I don't think he needed the money. He was Bramwell's kid, right? Okay. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's who it was. The acting teacher. What? Yeah. Okay. That's not going to make sense for anyone else except for maybe other Sedona people, but that's super interesting. Yeah. Um, I do... I'm guessing that their family has a bunch of money and he was just like, if I get fired, I don't give a shit. I'm just... You know, trying to keep myself busy and enjoy yeah. enjoy myself. Doing something. For sure, man. Speaking of doing something, I gotta get going. Yeah, it's about that time. We're at about an hour and 15 minutes. We're talking about... We're going deep into stories. Yeah, I mean, deeper, some of that's gonna be cut out because people. it was, cause it was uh, botched, but... Yeah, just a couple minutes. We'll get back to it. <laughs> much love, yeah. everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
Thanks, everybody, for listening. Catch you next time.